The stench of blood and rot hung in the air like a miasma. Not the sharp, iron tang of a fresh wound, but the festering, sickly sweet smell of death lingered long after the deed was done. Corpses sprawled around me, pale faces slick with a sheen of sweat and rain. It had been my first real taste of battle. Yet the clash of steel on steel was already lost in the cacophony of my heartbeat. Each ragged breath rattled in my throat, choking me. My legs were leaden, and I could feel the tremble in my hands as they gripped the blood-soaked hilt of my sword. For every man I felled, another two seemed to sprout from the writhing mass. This wasn't war, it was a slaughter. Then I saw him, clad not in steel but in robes black as midnight, his presence chilling and unnatural cut through the chaos. He wasn't commanding troops or swinging a blade. Instead, he stood amidst the carnage, arms raised, muttering words that pricked at the back of my skull. And as his chanting grew louder, the unthinkable happened. The dead twitched. They shouldn't have been able to. Some were cleaved nearly in half, their organs a gory mess on the mud. Others lay with faces frozen in grimaces of pain. But one by one, they lurched to their feet, bodies broken and twisted. In their eyes, no longer the white of a corpse, burned a cold, unyielding light. Fear clawed at me, but there was a dreadful fascination too. In that necromancer, bathed in the moonlight as he twisted death to his purpose, I saw power. The kind of power that didn't flee, didn't falter, and would answer to me alone. It was a lifeline out of this carnage, and as the dead closed in, I grasped at it with desperate hands. This was my choice, my pact. I didn't know then. Every resurrection, every defiance of nature's laws, would steal a piece of me. That with each corpse I animated, I'd drift a little further from the land of the living. And that the price for this power wouldn't be paid in gold, but in my very soul. Survival outweighed sentiment. With a mix of frantic adrenaline and a strange detached clarity, I pushed through the throng of reanimated corpses toward the dark figure. The mud sucked at my boots, each step feeling impossibly heavy, as the dead, my former comrades among them, reached for me with decaying hands. Closer I got, and the better I could hear the necromancer's incantations. His voice wasn't loud, but it carried a sibilant power that sliced through the din of the battlefield. Each twisted syllable seemed to reverberate in my bones, promising strength if only I'd fall to my knees. He sensed me before I reached him. The chanting ceased, his head snapping up. In the faint light, his eyes were like polished obsidian, bottomless and unnervingly still. I opened my mouth to speak. Some plea for my life, I imagined. But the words never came. He raised one pale hand, and silence descended like a shroud. The battlefield, a swirling mass of violence, fell quiet. It wasn't a natural silence, but something enforced, an eerie stillness that made the hair on the back of my neck stand on end. The reanimated soldiers slumped in place, the low groans replaced by a heavy quiet. He spoke, his voice barely above a whisper, yet it sliced through the air like a blade. You are strong. You cling so defiantly to life, even as the jaws of death snap at your heels. My tongue felt thick in my mouth. All around me the dead watched us, 
their chilling light fixed on my living form. You see what I command. His voice held a rasp that might have been amusement. And you crave it. This control, the triumph over that which no man should wield. His words hit their mark. It was more than fear driving me. There was an avarice unfurling within my breast, a hunger to turn back the tide of this damned battle. I nodded, a jerky, desperate movement. A smile creased his lips, chilling in its emptiness. Then swear yourself to me, serve me, and I shall teach you. It wasn't a negotiation, yet with the dead poised to tear me apart, with the fading cries of my men echoing in my skull, it felt like there was no choice at all. I dropped to one knee. The mud was thick and yielding, and I felt the sting of it beneath my fingernails. I swear, my voice cracked, barely audible over the oppressive silence. Yet, the necromancer heard. He stepped towards me, raising a skeletal hand. And as his icy fingers traced a sigil on my brow, a jolt like lightning coursed through me. Pain bloomed outward, a dark wave washing over my senses, and with a final strangled cry, I pitched forward into oblivion. Darkness pressed heavy, not the gentle dark of restful sleep, but a thick, choking void. My body was a distant ache, as if I'd been disassembled and laid out piece by painful piece. I shuddered, but even that simple movement sent tremors through me. Time melted. In that strange in-between place, I couldn't measure the hours, couldn't grasp whether mere moments or entire days had slipped past. The only constants were the relentless pain and the whispering voices needling their way into my thoughts. At first, they were disjointed, echoes of the necromancer's incantations, laced with a dissonant chorus of moans and ragged breaths. Then, slowly, a word began to emerge from the chaos. A command, cold and directive. Rise! My eyes jerked open, but the darkness remained absolute. Blind panic surged, a sharp counterpoint to the dull throb that dominated my body. The voice came again, insistent. Rise! It wasn't the necromancer's voice. It was mine, yet wrong, hollow, rasping. It felt both foreign and frighteningly familiar. Terror lent me strength I didn't know I possessed. With a ragged groan, I forced myself to my feet. The ground spun nauseatingly beneath me. I stumbled, catching myself against a cold, unyielding surface. My hand touched something coarse and damp, weathered stone. As my eyes finally adjusted, a terrifying realization sank in. I was in a tomb. Moonlight filtered through cracks in the ceiling illuminating a small chamber lined with stone shelves. Each held the skeletal remains of what must have once been warriors. Their empty eye sockets seemed fixed on me and their bony smiles held nothing but mockery. But I wasn't alone. Around me, the other corpses were stirring. Flesh, long since rotted, clung to their bones in obscene parodies of humanity. And as they rose, one by one, I saw in their glowing eyes that same chilling emptiness that had replaced my own. A scream lodged in my throat, but only a tortured croak escaped. I was one of them now, 
Not just a soldier grasping at power, but something far more monstrous. The knowledge was a physical blow, a wave of revulsion that doubled me over, hands clawing at my chest as if I could rip this unnatural thing from my body. Yet even as the horror surged, the insidious command echoed in my own mind. Power coursed through me, dark and seductive. The price of that power was staring back from a dozen soulless faces. This was the pact I had made. There was no turning back. My disgust battled against the newfound might surging through me. The dead moved with a jerky, unnatural ease, a testament to the twisted energy coursing through brittle bones. With a guttural cry, I smashed a fist into the stone wall. The impact jarred my arm, pain momentarily eclipsing the horror. Yet the wall didn't yield. Instead, a spiderweb of cracks snaked across its surface. A strange elation, laced with dread, unfurled in my chest. This strength wasn't my own, but it was undeniably mine to command. A whisper slithered into my mind, a guiding presence that was, chillingly, a part of me now. It urged me to practice, to understand the scope of my newfound power. The whispers led me back to the empty-eyed corpses now under my dominion. They obeyed with a gruesome alacrity when I commanded them to attack one another. Bone clacked on bone, and a miasma of ancient dust swirled beneath the thin moonlight. With each halting movement, each clumsy strike, I understood a little more. The energy flowed from me, a tangible yet invisible thread connecting me to their rotting forms. And with each practice, with each echo of their hollow blows, something within me solidified. Not acceptance, but a grim resolve. I had sworn this terrible oath and tasted the dark rewards. Regret was a distraction I could no longer afford. The necromancer had not lied. Power thrummed in my veins. But as I watched those soulless puppets shamble and tear at each other, a chilling question crystallized in my mind. Was I the one pulling the strings, or had I become nothing more than a puppet myself? Suddenly the presence within me, that dark whisper, amplified as if sensing my doubt. An image flashed into my vision. A battlefield choked with corpses, not just a dozen but hundreds, all awaiting my command. I stumbled back, gasping. There was a hunger in that image, a terrible promise of domination. The necromancer was offering more than just power. He dangled the intoxicating lure of purpose. To be not just a pawn on this bloody chessboard, but a player reshaping the game itself. The vision wavered and the skeletal melee ceased. I was left alone amongst the wreckage, my chest heaving. I felt both empowered and sickened. This was my power now, but would I wield it? Or would it wield me? A low rasp cut through the heavy silence of the tomb. Laughter. It was the necromancer, and he stood amidst the shattered bones, his eerie stillness unnerving after my own chaotic display. His eyes, always too dark, burned brighter amidst the moon-drenched ruins. You are learning. It wasn't praise, merely a statement of fact. He gestured at the broken remains of his former thralls, Destruction is the simplest act, but to truly master death you must delve deeper. I shuddered at his words, my fingers still twitching as though phantom pains lingered from controlling the ghoulish puppets. 
The necromancer turned away, gliding deeper into the shadows as though the gloom was his natural element. I hesitated, but the promise of learning, however twisted, outweighed the fear clawing at my insides. I followed, my boots echoing unnaturally loud on the stone. The tomb wasn't a single chamber. It extended into a network of tunnels, the air thick with the musty scent of ages past. Here and there I caught glimpses of weathered carvings on the rough-hewn walls, ancient depictions of warriors, deities, perhaps even necromancers of old. At last we reached a dead end, a wide alcove where the walls gleamed with a sickly phosphorescence. The source of the light was a heap of bones, not the clean white of my skeletal warriors, but these were darker, stained as if with ancient blood. Here, the necromancer rasped, is where knowledge lies. He reached into the pile with bony fingers, pulling forth a skull. Its sockets were empty, save for two glowing orbs that burned with a malevolent fire. It screamed, not a sound heard by the ears, but echoing directly in my mind. Revulsion washed over me, stronger than any I'd felt before. I knew instinctively that this was more than the echo of a fallen warrior. This was a soul, trapped and twisted by his foul magic. There is power in their spirit, a stubborn refusal to pass into oblivion. The necromancer turned the skull in his hands as casually as if it were a mere trinket. Learn to harness this, to bind and manipulate, and you will transcend mere resurrection. He thrust the skull at me. It jerked and thrashed, the glow of its eyes intensifying until they were painfully bright. Take it. Draw out its essence. Let its power mingle with your own. I stumbled back. I, I... I cannot... The words caught in my throat. To violate a soul like this, to become not just a wielder of death, but an enslaver, it sickened me to the core. Fury etched itself in the necromancer's pale features. You dare defy me! His voice took on the brittle ring of cracked bone, the previous illusion of calm shattered. And there it was the truth of my pact. I was his, bound by my oath. To refuse was to invite his wrath, to become just another corpse at his beck and call. Yet to accept, to walk this path further would shred the last vestiges of my humanity. My defiance seemed to hang in the air, a momentary pause before the inevitable. The skull in the necromancer's grasp thrashed with renewed vigour, the silent scream echoing louder in my mind, a stark counterpoint to the rage building in his dark eyes. Suddenly a strange chill washed over me. It wasn't the icy fear of imminent punishment. It was something far more primal. A presence seemed to coalesce around us, its attention drawn to the skull, to the trapped spirit. Even the necromancer felt it, a brief annoyance momentarily replacing his rage. My heart lurched, was this a chance to escape? Before I could act, the necromancer hissed a command. In response, those eerie obsidian eyes dimmed, a tendril of spectral energy trailing from them into the skull. The scream stopped, replaced by a dreadful silence. Had the soul been quenched, banished back into the void where the necromancer found his trophies? A wave of bitter disappointment rushed through me. I'd hoped, foolishly perhaps, that the spirit would resist, disrupt the necromancer's hold. But it was gone. 
replaced by a dreadful stillness that spoke of violation. The necromancer turned back to me, his gaze hard and calculating. Foolish child, he rasped. His voice regained its dispassionate calm. Do you think defiance will earn you freedom? There is no escape from me. You will bind that spirit or it will be the last thing you ever do. His words fell like a sentence. All around us, that new presence stirred, but it no longer seemed an ally. Instead, it felt as cold and watchful as the necromancer himself. Flight was impossible. I swallowed, my hands trembling. I couldn't fathom taking another step down this path, becoming the monster he wanted. Yet, the defiance felt hollow, pointless bravado that would only bring pain. He stepped forward and thrust the skull into my hands. It was light, surprisingly so, and there was a strange warmth beneath the chill of the bone. As I held it, the whisper that was always in my mind sharpened, the words twisting into a command. Dominate. Consume. Control. Part of me rebelled, a silent cry of protest. But another part, a part that tasted his power and found it seductive, urged me onward. I closed my eyes against the burning light of the trapped spirit's eyes. And then, with a shudder I couldn't control, I reached out. Not with my hands, but with the dark, twisted energy that flowed through me now. For the first time, I probed the world not through my senses, but through the lens of the necromancer's foul magic. The spirit was a wisp of raw essence, a spark guttering amongst the ashes of its former self. With grim determination, I reached into the skull. The whispers became insistent, guiding my will, and with each throb of stolen energy, I felt my own essence expand, tainted and twisted, but undeniably stronger. And as I drained the skull, the screams of the trapped spirit finally faded, replaced by the blessed echoing silence of the void. I gasped, eyes flying open. The skull dropped from my hands, clattering hollow on the stone floor. It now felt unbearably cold, empty, devoid of any trace of the spirit I'd consumed. A tremor ran through my body, not of fear, but of a chilling exhilaration. Power pulsed within me, a tainted, intoxicating surge. My hands still outstretched, tingled with stolen energy. I'd never felt anything like it. And a sliver of fear unfurled. What would happen if this power continued to grow? But the necromancer merely inclined his head. That hint of satisfaction in his obsidian eyes was more horrifying than any outright rebuke. You see, he whispered his voice laced with a smugness that made my skin crawl. The price of power is nothing compared to the reward. Suddenly, I was struck by a blinding realization. The trapped soul wasn't the only victim here. I was changing, eroding with each act of forbidden magic. I looked at my hands once calloused from an honest sword, now infused with a chilling energy, and wondered if there would be anything left of the man I once was if I continued down this path. The necromancer extended his pale hand towards me. This is just the beginning, apprentice. His smile was a mockery against the darkness. His use of the term felt like a twisted baptism. There is so much more to learn. So many ways to serve. A wave of nausea washed over me, stronger than any battlefield wound. In desperation, I glanced around the chamber, some part of me still hoping for an escape route. 
a chance to undo the pact I'd made. But the presence that had stirred before, the one I foolishly hoped was an ally, now felt like a watchful warden. The whispers in my mind, once guides, now seemed like bars caging me in. I wasn't just his apprentice. I was his prisoner, bound in ways far less visible than any chain. With a bitter acceptance, I lowered my head. This was my fate now. To walk the path of the necromancer, even as it stole not just my life, but my very soul. I'd sought power and found only a gilded cage. Days became a blur of grim instruction. The necromancer, whose name I never learned, drilled me relentlessly. He taught me not just to control the dead, but to harness their lingering essence, perverting it into spells of decay and despair. The whispers in my mind intensified, no longer guides, but a constant, nagging chorus that twisted my thoughts and ate away at my sanity. We moved beyond the tomb he'd used for my initiation. Our wanderings took us to forgotten battlefields and ancient graveyards. I was forced to violate those resting places to exhume the remains of warriors and villagers. Each act was a fresh cut gouged into my soul, yet I lacked the will to resist. The stolen power, like a heady drug, overrode the screaming protests of my conscience. The nights were worse. Under the cloak of darkness, I'd dream of the faces of those I desecrated. They never accused, never screamed in terror. Their silence was somehow far more unbearable than any condemnation. I'd wake gasping for air, my body slick with a cold sweat, but the whispers would only grow louder, demanding more, always more. Yet even amidst the horror, a sliver of the man I'd been remained. Stubborn. Desperate. I realised the necromancer was cunning, not just brutal. He'd broken me methodically, first eroding my morals, then my self-preservation. And still, he held back his darkest secrets, the core of his true power. One night, under the cover of a new moon, I made my move. He slept in the crumbling remains of a roadside inn, his form strangely vulnerable in moments of rest. I crept closer, my heart pounding against my ribs. My dagger, once a weapon of honour, gleamed dully in the gloom. He wouldn't even need to wake. In this close proximity, a quick thrust would end his reign of terror. As I raised the blade, he coughed, a dry, rasping sound. His eyes didn't even open as he rasped. Sleep eludes you, apprentice. Frozen, I could only stare, horrified. He chuckled, the sound like stones rattling in a crypt. It always does for those like us. Our minds are tethered to the realm beyond the veil. We are never truly alone. He raised a skeletal hand and pointed towards the corner of the room where shadows danced the most thickly. See? He rasped. And then I saw them. Not warriors or villagers, but shapes wispy and indistinct. They drifted closer, their forms resolving into figures of despair, faces contorted in eternal torment, eyes burning with a silent accusation. The echoes of your work, the necromancer chuckled. They cannot harm you, not yet, but in time. His words trailed off ominously. I stumbled back, dropping the dagger. They weren't just dreams then. Each stolen spirit, each twisted act, trailed after me, unseen but deeply felt. 
This was my future. An eternity, surrounded by echoes of the suffering I caused. The necromancer rose, his movements impossibly fluid for his skeletal form. You cannot escape, apprentice. You are bound to me, and to the path you chose. He was right. I may as well have hammered the nails into my own coffin. Despair settled over me like a shroud. I spent the following days as a mere puppet, obeying the necromancer's commands with a numb detachment. Yet, amidst the torment, a cold fury ignited deep within me. He might have broken my will, but he hadn't broken me entirely. One rain-soaked afternoon, we stumbled upon a battlefield fresh with the carnage of a recent skirmish. Bodies lay strewn in grotesque poses alongside broken weapons and bloodied banners. This was an unexpected feast, ripe for my master's exploitation. Gather them, he rasped, his order slicing through the rain. Tonight, we feast upon the echoes of their fallen valour. As he began his grim preparations, a glimmer of opportunity flared in my mind. I surveyed the carnage, the rain obscuring the tears running down my face. My hands trembled, not with fear, but with a desperate determination. With a pretense of gathering the dead, I sought not just bodies, but weapons. A discarded sword here, a fallen shield there. Each step filled me with a mix of dread and exhilaration. This was madness. Suicide, surely, but I no longer cared. When the necromancer, engrossed in his ritual, finally looked up, I stood ready. Not hunched in submission, but with spine straight, chin high. In my hands, I held not the bones of the fallen, but their hastily gathered swords. There was no grand speech, no cry of defiance. In that rain-soaked dusk, all that mattered was action. With a roar, I charged. He scrambled back, eyes wide, not with fear, but astonishment. Perhaps he'd never fathomed his puppet gaining the courage to break its strings. It was a foolish act, a brief rebellion against an impossibly powerful foe. Yet even if it meant my death, it was death on my terms. He raised his hands, a guttural incantation taking shape. But I was too reckless, too close. The first sword clattered harmlessly off some unseen barrier, but the second, it found its mark. With a screech that seemed to split the heavens themselves, his defences shattered. My crude strike slashed his skeletal arm, sending bone fragments skittering across the muddy ground. He howled, the sound laced with genuine pain and shock. I swung again, and again. He was strong, but the surprise, the raw fury of my onslaught, had unsteadied him. I became a whirlwind of steel, a desperate force of nature against his foul magic. Then a sudden impact sent me reeling. Not a spell, but a rotting fist catching me square on the jaw. I fell, the taste of copper flooding my mouth. He loomed over me, fury burning in his eyes, his ruined skeletal arm already regenerating with an unnerving speed. You think to defy me? I own you! He snarled, raising his good fist, but as his fist fell, it never reached its mark. One of the corpses surrounding us, a young woman with an arrow jutting from her neck, twitched. And then, with a chilling grace, she rose, 
her eyes burning with the familiar vacant light. The necromancer froze. The whispered commands that usually held such sway faltered on his lips. And in that moment, a surge of insane hope bloomed within me. Had my relentless attacks damaged him enough to disrupt his hold? With a guttural cry, I swung a clumsy kick into his leg. He snarled, but in his distraction, another corpse lurched to its feet. Then another. Soon, a dozen of the dead circled us, their movements halting and jerky, but their soulless eyes fixed on the necromancer. He hissed and swore, power flowing from him. But for once, it sputtered and sparked. I staggered upwards, and then I dared to do the unthinkable. I reached out, feeling for the icy tendrils of power that bound me, and with a scream of defiance I yanked. It felt like tearing something vital from myself. Pain seared my soul, but over it I heard another cry. His. The bond snapped. Around me the dead slumped as the necromancer stumbled, his form wavering like a dying flame. I was free, yet the price was clear. Those same tendrils that bound me had also sustained my borrowed life. Cut off from their evil nourishment, I felt myself fading, my vision blurring, my limbs becoming leaden. With the last vestiges of my strength, I lifted one of the fallen swords. Its weight was nearly unbearable, my strike slow. But it was enough. The blade sliced into his chest, a shower of bone fragments marking his final end. As his essence dispersed with an unearthly wail, I collapsed. The world went dark, but even as oblivion claimed me, I smiled. True victory might lie in the grave, but at least I would enter it on my own terms, not as the monstrous thrall of a far greater evil. My senses returned a sliver at a time. The rain still beat against my skin, but the pain was receding, the darkness around me thinning into a murky twilight. I opened my eyes, surprised to be capable of the act at all. When I forced myself to sit up, the fallen sword was still clutched tightly in my hands. The battlefield was strangely quiet, the clamour and fury replaced by a thick, unnatural silence. Yet I wasn't alone. The reanimated dead surrounded me, their eyeless sockets fixed on my living form, and in my chest where I expected to find fear and revulsion, a cold, alien energy stirred. It was his. A residue of the necromancer's tainted power had somehow seeped into me during my final, desperate act. This energy was raw and volatile, a swirling storm contained within the cage of my broken body. Yet, as my hand brushed the sword hilt, I realized there was a chilling control to it. I could still command his thralls. The knowledge was intoxicating. Before me was an army bound to my will. It wasn't the power of creation or healing, but a monstrous dominion over death itself. I could have been just another victim, fading like a forgotten battlefield casualty. But instead, I had become the master. Rise, I whispered, my voice barely above the whisper of the rain and with unsettling grace they rose once more. As I surveyed the battlefield, something began to crystallize. The carnage, the senseless waste that had become so commonplace filled me with cold rage. 
These soldiers died not for noble ideals or righteous causes, but were pawns in the games of petty lords. Their deaths were pointless, and that was something I now had the power to change. A voice, the echo of the necromancer's teachings, hissed in my ear. Power without direction is useless, apprentice. What will you mold with this strength? His words, though vile, held a painful truth. My desperate act of defiance was not enough. Simply killing the necromancer had done nothing to stop the endless cycle of war. But here, with this foul power at my fingertips, I could rewrite the rules. I could become a force beyond the conflict. Slowly, with the stiffness of one returning from the grave, I stood. Before me, my skeletal army waited, swords lowered in a chilling form of respect. In that moment, a terrible image burned itself in my mind. Me striding across the war-torn land, undead soldiers marching in my wake. It was a monstrous vision, yet there was a strange, dark logic to it. The first step of my new journey began with a whispered echo of my old master's commands. We marched, not towards any banner or territory, but to the scattered corpses that still littered the field. I was not their liberator, I was their new warden. But there was a grim satisfaction I couldn't deny. Better they served my twisted vision of purpose than rot forgotten on some rain-soaked battlefield. Word of my new dominion spread with the dreadful swiftness of a plague. Battlefields became my staging grounds, my skeletal army swelling with each fresh corpse. My name, Kellis, was whispered across the land with fear and a grudging respect. At first, the petty lords and barons scoffed. A broken soldier turned madman commanding the dead. It was a grotesque joke, or so the rumours said. Yet as my power grew, so did the unease. There was something different about me. My presence alone was enough to send hardened men cowering. I no longer slept, for the whispered advice of the dead was my only solace. My body, once lean and muscled, twisted with necromantic energies. My skin grew pale as moonlight, my eyes gleaming with an unsettling fervour. Each victory, each act of imposed peace, drew me further from the land of the living. One by one, the petty conflicts ended. Not with treaties or noble surrenders, but with grim ultimatums delivered by my undead emissaries. Fight and be added to my ranks. Submit and know a brittle enforced order under my unyielding watch. Towns and villages, starved and exhausted from endless war, capitulated. It wasn't the peace of their dreams, but it was peace nonetheless. My undead patrolled borders, crushing bandits not with the precision of living soldiers, but with relentless, untiring brutality. Lords swallowed their pride and paid my newly minted tax. Fresh graves and a blind eye turned to the dark necessities by which I sustained my army. And myself. Within the span of a year where squabbling factions had once bloodied the land, there was now a dreadful sort of unity. Yet even as a strange stability took hold, hatred simmered beneath the surface. Commoners whispered curses amidst the fleeting peace. Every undead guard, a constant reminder of my power, was also a festering wound upon their pride. It was as the whispers warned, 
the living would never truly embrace a necromancer as their savior. But that growing resentment also revealed a weakness, an ember of defiance that threatened to ignite. They hated me, yes, but worse still, they no longer feared me as they once had. One moonless night, a lone rider approached my hastily erected camp. He was no peasant or conscript, this one. Armoured and bearing the crest of a minor lordling too proud to initially bend the knee. Lord Kellis, the man called out, his voice surprisingly steady for one addressing a monstrosity. I bring word, a council is forming, an alliance sworn to break your dominion. I listened impassively, a corner of my mind noting his distaste each time he uttered my name. Their armies gather even now, he scoffed. They'll sweep your walking rot from the land. I met his gaze, noting with grim amusement the tremble concealed behind his bluster. Then let them come, my voice rasped, barely human. When they have fallen, their strength shall be mine. His confidence faltered, then anger ignited in his eyes. With a curse, he spurred his horse and galloped into the encroaching darkness. I watched him go, then with a single command, my army began to gather. This defiance they brewed would be their undoing. Or my own. Decades bleed into one another until their distinction is as blurred and grey as the skin stretched taut over my skull-like face. My subjects, living on borrowed peace, begin to rebuild. Commerce surges back to life, marketplaces fill with wary whispers and wary faces. My presence is a blight, an unnatural frost stifling true prosperity. Yet, they tolerate me. What other choice do they have? The fortress I built is a monstrous mockery of the structures meant to protect the living. Its foundation rests atop an ancient burial mound, a nexus of lingering death energy that sustains me but also binds me to this damned existence. Its walls are formed from the bones of my fallen foes, a testament to my terrible dominion. The living avoid this place with good reason. I've become a macabre myth, my humanity a ghost story told to frighten disobedient children. My days are an endless loop. I review my troops, the mindless husks eternally locked in a battle they neither understand nor care for. I wander the halls of my monstrous home, the echo of my footsteps the only company amid the chilling silence. Sleep eludes me entirely now, for the whispers of the dead have grown deafening, a relentless clamour for more power, more energy, more. The mirror water in my chambers reveals the toll. My eyes gleam with an intensity that borders on madness, the flesh around them sunken and pallid. I am no longer a man walking a shadowed path, but something becoming other. The form I inhabit is a mockery of life fueled by stolen essence, and with each passing night, the craving for that essence intensifies, a constant gnawing hunger. I rely on a grim tithe, fresh graveyards, the bodies of those taken by disease and famine. My servants bear them back to my fortress, adding strength yet never truly sating that terrible need. I grow more powerful, but also teeter closer to a monstrous precipice beyond which any semblance of the man I was will be lost. Then the unthinkable happens. Reports trickle in, 
carried on the fear-laden whispers of my skeletal spies. Graveyards throughout my territory are being disturbed, not plundered for valuables by common thieves, but desecrated. The bodies, my vital energy reserves, shattered or left in mocking displays. At first, the acts are isolated, a chilling reminder of the defiance smouldering beneath the surface of peace. But then these acts grow more frequent, more brazen. The whispers in my head grow desperate, frantic as they urge me to unleash my full power. The resistance, it seems, has grown teeth. Whether aided by some other power, some lingering spark of the old ways before my dark reign, I do not know. What I do know is that each desecration cuts deep. It's a calculated attack. They dare not face me directly, yet understand the tenuous, monstrous fuel that keeps me bound to this world. A cold fury sparks within me, vying with the rising panic I fight to suppress. It's a race against a dwindling clock. Soon my strength will falter. My control over those I command will waver. I will become the plague they always feared, no longer a tyrant, but a force of mindless destruction lashing out until I fall. Weakness seeps into my bones like a winter chill. The once formidable presence I commanded fades. My undead army grows sluggish, their movements less precise. The defiant attacks are a constant drain, and the replenishing of that stolen energy has never been enough. Not truly. I am a grotesque parody of a king, ruling over a decaying court. The whispers in my head, once guides, are now tormentors. They hiss and screech like trapped birds, their urgency clawing at the tattered edges of my sanity. Yet, beneath that familiar hunger, there's something else gnawing at me. Fear. Not for myself, but my legacy. I think of the land I've twisted to my will, stagnant, gripped by a hollow peace. Each day drags by without meaning, joy or true freedom. I am no saviour, but a warden who has traded true brutality for a lifeless, lingering despair. Did I extinguish the flames of war only to plunge these people into an eternally grey dusk? As doubt claws at me, I make a decision rash in its desperation. I gather what loyal forces remain, the strongest of my skeletal thralls, those who retain some semblance of the warriors they once were. We leave the fortress not to march in fury, but to retreat, to seek out the heart of this resistance. The journey is arduous. Each day I feel myself weakening further. Once I could crush a man's skull with my bare hands. Now the weight of my sword drags at my side. The undead are no better. We've become an echo of the army I once commanded. A ragged troop of death heading inexorably towards its demise. My spies lead us deep into the shadowed heart of a forest, a place the locals avoid, steeped in tales of old magic and forgotten evils. Yet this is where the resistance has chosen to make their haven, weaving their defiance with the power lingering in this untamed land. We find them not an army but a collection of common folk armed with shovels, pitchforks and grim determination. They stand amidst a desecrated graveyard, the broken tombstones and shattered bones strangely mirroring my own existence. An old woman, frail yet defiant, stands at their head. 
It would be so easy to lash out one last time to crush their spark of rebellion with what remains of my damned power. But as I watch them, a memory stirs. A memory of a muddy battlefield, of facing my necromantic master fueled by raw desperation and the courage born of having nothing left to lose. I see that same reckless defiance burning in these people's eyes. And perhaps there's something else. Hope. Foolish, impossible hope. But it burns like a fire against the encroaching darkness, consuming me. With a shuddering breath, I lower my sword. It clatters to the ground, a discordant note finalizing my surrender. My warriors halt, their movements becoming jerky, chaotic, mirroring my own fading control. The old woman stares, her eyes wide with first shock, then realization. I offer no words, for there are none that could bridge the chasm between us. A young man steps forward, anger contorting his features. He hefts a bloodied pickaxe. It would take only one blow, and retribution, however warped and tainted, would be his. And perhaps that would have been the fitting end. But he hesitates. Behind the rage, I sense the same doubt that claws at my shattered soul. To kill a monster is simple, but to live in the world left in his wake? Perhaps that is a greater challenge. He lowers the pickaxe. The old woman, with a wisdom etched deep into her weathered features, gives a nearly imperceptible nod. They turn and fade back into the forest, their victory not a clash of arms, but a refusal to become like their monstrous enemy. As the last of them vanishes, my strength fails. My knees buckle. The last thing I see before darkness takes me is the skeletal form of my most devoted servant, slumped beside me like a discarded puppet, its empty gaze a chilling mirror of my own. When I awaken, there are no whispers, no lingering presence goading me on. Only silence and the strange aching weight of true mortality. My time is borrowed, a few moments at best. I use them to drag myself to the desecrated graveyard, my broken form leaving a final, pathetic trail behind. With my dying breaths, I harness the last vestiges of my unholy power. It flows, not to command, but to release. Bones knit together, the violated earth closes, the stolen essence of the dead finds some semblance of rest. Perhaps this is redemption, or perhaps just a final spiteful act. Whatever the name, it is all I have left to give a land I helped break. As the world fades to black, a strange sense of peace settles over me. I may be damned, a name scorned for generations to come. Yet, within the echoes of that curse, maybe there will be a whisper of a lesson learned. That even monstrous power is no match for the enduring, stubborn spark of humanity.